everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 4, issue 197. You can play along with us and what's left of volume 4, that is just three podcasts until we've completed uh, 200 in total. So we've got Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, um, or, and or the new and tasty version, whichever you prefer. Then it'll be some Just Cause 2 in time for the sequel. And for issue 200, we thought we'd do something much requested and fondly remembered, and that will be GoldenEye 007. Darren's very excited, aren't you, Darren? Buzzing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Head to canerince.com for articles, features, reviews, and links to our forum, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. Also check out our shop where you can support the podcast and pick up Canerince t-shirts and bags. We also have a video games music podcast called Sound of Play. And recently, we've also added some uh, some fascinating interviews to our main feed here. You'd probably be aware of them already, um, but we've had uh, USA Today's top education writer, Greg Topo, and uh, former Silicon Knights head honcho, Dennis Dyack. Um, and we've got some more guest composers coming up on Sound of Play and another interview as well. So uh, keep your eyes open on your downloads for those. Please review, rate, and most importantly, subscribe to both of our podcasts on iTunes and or wherever else you get them from these days, you crazy Android kids. I don't understand. You're often contacting us saying, I can download it on this app, but not this one, and so on and so forth. We're always looking at that stuff. Um, one day we'll get it resolved. Anyway, joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Tony Atkins. Hello. Darren Gargett. Hello. Joshua Garrity. Hello. And Carl Moon. Hey, what's up, guys? And here we are, Halo 4. We've done all the other Halos, except for that uh, one that I can never remember the name of. The Wars that's... one. Oh, the Spartan Oh, not one. Or... Yeah, no, not Halo Wars. That's true. We didn't do Halo Wars. Um, <laughs> we, might... we had a request to do that recently, and we might. I suppose we might do it when the sequel eventually emerges. Um, and Spartan Assault was the other one. Yes, we haven't, we haven't covered Spartan Assault. And anyway, this is your spoiler warning. For the Halo 4 story, it's entirely possible that you didn't play this, or you haven't played this yet, you might have the Master Chief Collection, and you might have yet to get around to play it. And I'm sure we will talk somewhat about what happens uh, in the story, particularly at the end, things happen. Um, Obviously, it's a big kind of to be continued anyway, because um, 343 have already announced that this is the first part of a, a new trilogy, effectively. Um, Halo 5 Guardians is nearly upon us. Um, and I assume, as with the other games, probably the only true canonical ending, just as it was for the the three ending that led into this game, I assume you have to get the legendary ending to see every last bit of you do. Uh, yeah. content. It's not a lot, but yeah, no, you do. There's always just a little bit extra that gives you a little thing. Anyway, so yes, 343 four, three Industries, this was their first full-blown Halo sequel, having um, taken over from Bungie. And having made the anniversary edition, which we covered on a podcast way back when, uh, Tony and I uh, were there. Darren, were you on that one? I, I can't remember who else was on that one. I was. <laughs> you were, of course you were. Um, and we found that um, it was, you know, it was still Halo Combat Evolved, but uh, it was a little rough around the edges, I think it's fair to say that, that anniversary edition. So yeah. I think that left some of us with a few uh, question marks over 343s. Um, Mm -hmm. ability to handle what was going on so um i know some of you uh the panel here will be um more familiar with this but i know that 
there is a through line of some employees throughout the, who have gone from Bungie, even if they weren't at Bungie at the time, they've stayed with 343. I think Frank O'Connor's one of those. I think there's more people now at 343 than there is Bungie at, but from Bungie. Right, right. Um, that's interesting in itself. Mm. Um, Frank O'Connor's one of the key directors, um, as is Josh Holmes. Frank O'Connor, uh, older viewers, listeners may remember as a CMVG reviewer from the uh, early 90s um, and Mean Machines as well, I think sometimes. He also used to appear on Games Master. He was a Scottish man with hair. He's now an American man with no hair, which is, <laughs> which is confusing, but it is definitely him. Uh, occasionally you can hear the accent come through. Um, but interestingly, I think the thing that struck me when researching uh, Halo 4 was the fact that the main designer, Scott Warner, has since left, is now working on Star Wars stuff for EA Visceral. The main artist, Kenneth Scott, has since left to work for Oculus uh, on their virtual reality. And one of the two main writers, uh, one of whom is Brent Friedman, but the other, Chris Schlurf, is now off at BioWare working on the new Mass Effect. Yeah. So it's quite striking to me that this game that i thought right okay here's the chance for the new team to bed in and you know get get a handle on what's what keep some continuity with halo uh, the halo you know franchise the feel but also do their own thing but now several of the key staff have already moved away onto other things so Mm. i'm not sure if anyone else has any feelings about what that might mean for halo 5 guardians it might be a good idea to get some fresh blood in you know uh, to get some new ideas into the general overarching you know chief versus enemy storylines um you know these people might have been tried and tested for how many halo games beforehand but you know that they obviously i mean one's gone to work on star wars which is pretty amazing and the other one's gone to work on mass effect which is equally as amazing so you know people it's, it's good that they've gone and tried out new things and yeah i'm, I'm quite interested in, i'm quite interested to see and hear what these new people new writers and designers have, have got for the next halo 5 and 343 are a massive company. Mm. Um, they're, they're one of the bigger uh, developers in terms of actual numbers. Uh, they were brought up under Microsoft for a long time whilst Bungie was still developing Halo games to get used to it all. They kept the key heads of Frank O'Connor, Josh Holmes and Bonnie Ross. And the people have learned from these key members. Um, the, the splits happened long before Halo 4 and it survived. You know, Jason Jones stuck with Bungie. Um in fact, he was the one that stuck with Bungie to go and work on Destiny. Mm. Um, you know, we, the composers and all that have changed. I think it's with such a big company, everything sort of comes together to create a cohesive pro- product anyway. So losing sort of one person here and one person there won't impact such a massive company. Um, whereas, you know, we've seen smaller companies, uh, 40, 50, 60 man dev teams where, you know, you lose that one key man and that's it. It, it's never the same again. I don't think it'll have the same impact uh, with with three four three in the Halo series, which which is obviously a good thing. Of course, we will discuss. You know that that I think we all will have found that the change from Bungie to three four three certainly seems like it had an effect on the way that Halo looks and feels and performs and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, but there is also a clear continuity in terms of uh, in terms of the way it feels and stuff as well. So. Um, yes, the, also, this was the first time the composers changed. Um, again, interesting, from obviously so synonymous with with Halo, um, O'Donnell and Salvatore. Here we have uh, Kazuma Jinochi, 
who is best known perhaps for working on um, some of the Metal Gear Solid uh, titles and also the Pro Evolution soccer titles, hmm. um, whether he composed the uh, famous uh, football soccer all around the world song, I doubt. <laughs> Not um, again, Leon, don't bring it up. Yeah, sorry, that's back in, back in another earworm for you. But also, uh, perhaps uh, more interesting to me is that uh, trip, trip-hop legend Neil Davidge um, of uh, Massive Attack also worked with Uncle mm. and uh, Moz mm. Def, David Bowie, Snoop Dogg, Damon Albarn was the other uh, composer um, on this game. And I think you can, perhaps I wouldn't have worked it out had I not read this, but I think once you know, you can hear certain uh, influences in some of the more electronic tracks that uh, there there is a little bit of a uh, little bit of Massive Attack in there. Yeah, it's it's actually quite interesting because. Uh, when the game first came out and I was playing it with my friend, the same friend that I played all the other ones about, we were, you know, the music was obviously something that we were discussing straight away. And I mm. said, this sounds a little bit massive attack. Mm. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just one of those things. There is a definite influence there from Neil Davidge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, one of their classic albums exactly, but there are little, um, there are little touches. But there's obviously also a lot of the big cinematic, um, you know, space opera type, yeah. type stuff as well. Um, so this game has was released in well it's been released each of the last three <laughs> quarter threes so november 2012 it was the first release on 360 the game of the year edition followed a year later and last year it was the xbox one version on the master chief collection of course um originally when the game came out it reviewed pretty well but notably not as well as uh, other main halo games 87 odd percent on game rankings by mean average uh, so just under 88%, I should say, um, which means that it's more than uh, ODST, but I think lower than all the other uh, Halo it's, games uh, up to I that point. I had a look this week at the reviews and things, but it's one of those scattershot ones. There's, there's I wouldn't say a thousand reviews, but there is so many reviews. 60 on... reviews on game ranking. Yeah, I think Metacritic is, is ridiculous amount of number. Um, mm. And it, it once again, just this a larger pool pulling from, and there's there's plenty of tens and there's plenty of nines, yeah. and then equally you you always get the few that that bring in you know the score down. But there is a you know some of the big big sites certainly gave it you know ninety sixes and and stuff that you'd call the the mainstream sites such as yeah. IGN etc. So yeah, it, it certainly would have seemed to have reviewed well. Yeah, but it did divide people somewhat, mm. and uh, it'd be interesting to see if that's uh, the case with us five here. Um, certainly commercially, it did probably about as well as you'd expect again, I guess. Ended up selling nine and a half million copies. Not bad, uh, is it? Which is not bad. <laughs> right, let's uh, talk about how we got hold of it and when, and when we played it, most importantly, really. Uh, let's start with Darren Gargett. Mm, yeah, so after Halo Reach... And uh, you know, I couldn't make it onto that podcast for various reasons. But after being so high on Halo Reach uh, overall as a product, I was eagerly anticipating Halo Four. Uh, got it, you know, day one or po- possibly before day one with you know postal si- um, systems in the UK sometimes allowing for games to arrive on your doormat a day before. So yeah, I was there um, on day one, maybe day zero, and um, completed it on heroic, and then moved on to multiplayer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Very good. Have you been back at all? Uh, for the um, Xbox One version, the Master Chief Collection, I played it through a legendary co-op with my brother. Cool. Hmm. I'd say you're somewhat of an expert. Hmm. Josh, how about you? Um, so I didn't get this one uh, on release day. Um, I didn't come to it until uh, summer 2013, actually where I won it in a, a charity auction. Mm-hmm. So my 40 quid went to, to help 
some people, which is good. <laughs> so I feel less bad about some of my disappointment with the game. Um, but yeah, I I I was put off um, mainly because the reviews were positive, but a lot of the things people were saying kind of put me off. Mm. Just the way they were talking about the multiplayer, kind of introducing some elements of, um, you know, Call of Duty, not exactly the same as I'm sure we'll get onto later, but kind of introducing those kind of systems, which I wasn't really, you know, they didn't really appeal to me, or at least didn't sound like they would gel uh, with what I liked about the Halo experience. Um, and just, you know, the the fact that the original composer wasn't involved mm. in Halo 4 was a big de- I mean. I hate to say it, but I I I do find that I am quite um, I don't know. Music does affect uh, my opinion of a game quite significantly, mm. and um, just the absence of that classic Halo music or the knowledge that 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 music would be absent was a, kind of enough to put me off for quite a long time. Um, yeah, so I didn't get to it until uh, summer 2013. And you played it on? Uh, 360, and I've replayed uh, a about two-thirds of it uh, before this podcast. Sorry, difficulty-wise? Oh, uh, just normal difficulty. Mm, okay. Carl, uh I don't, I don't. You can maybe tie this in with the uh, with our usual chat about Halo marketing and promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, obviously, I was I was looking forward to the release of Halo Four, as I have with all the prior Halo games. I, I pre-ordered the collector's edition, which was nothing as spectacular as the ones we'd seen for Three and Reach. No. Um, it, it was somewhat akin to the the smaller release for Reach. It was a um, like a, a hard uh, plus. Uh, sort of cardboard plastic case that would fold over it looked like a uh, something out of the Oni base it was pretty good but the information in it w- wasn't as well polished um that but I got that day one as per usual I had the whole system set up I had my friend coming around for launch he came around a month earlier we watched through the forward unto dawn movie that was created uh, prior to it to introduce um, certain characters like Lasky uh, who, who was brought in for Halo 4 um, we had the whole excitement thing going on, talking about it. Uh, launch day came, he came over, brought his console, his copy of the game, and we played it in LAN on Legendary, as we have with all the prior games. It is the same friend that I've done all the prior games with, um, so there has been that element of consistency. You are nothing uh, if not consistent. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I only went through the game once on the Xbox 360, which, as I said, was co-op at launch, and then I've since been through it three times in the Mass Chief Collection. Uh, with uh, friends, I went through one time solo on normal as part of the saga, which basically goes from Halo 1, 2, the 3, then 4. Um, and then I've, I've done it twice uh, since on various difficulties. So uh, also you talked about your uh, your addiction to Halo Reach's multiplayer. Yeah. Um, did you get anything like that with Halo 4? This was obviously one of the things I was really looking forward to. Uh, I'll be honest, I was a bit there was a bit of trepidation that what if I do get addicted again? Mm. Um, you know, 343 had worked uh, with some of the Reach multiplayer maps, so they were they were aware of, of 
how things should work in that system and they'd pushed it massively. They'd got professional players in to test all their maps out and it all looked wonderful um, in pre-release. As Josh said, there were elements of Call of Duty that were being brought into that game that were starting to have an impact and you could see it on the preview videos. But I didn't let any of that bother me. I'm not someone who's necessarily against Call of Duty anyway. Uh, I quite like that experience. Mm. So I gathered with the same friends that I actually played Reach with a lot. Paul and Mohammed, and we were all so excited for it, and it just did not click. That multiplayer but for Halo 4, um, it's, you know, I, I spent a few weeks with it playing it nightly, um, but there was just something about it that for me didn't click in the same way that Reach did. Uh, the, the, there was no real originality of the maps. You know, we talk about these open maps in, in the Halo games, the likes of the Silent Cartographer and, and the Ark and, and those really bold scale maps. And Reach had several of them, and it always felt that um, the elements that we've maybe been most negative on with the Halo games, the corridor shooting bits where the game doesn't really get to shine like it can, and that seemed to be the focus. Um which I understand from from a competitive multiplayer side of things that that a straight shootout works quite well, but for me that, that sort of the halo magic of the multiplayer was somewhat lost there. So uh, the, the the multiplayer ended up a bit of a bust for me. I'm afraid it, it was polished and it brought the skills uh, that were at the time controversial from Reach and it tweaked them with the pre loadouts as you went in, but no, it, it just didn't work. Okay, we'll talk a bit more about that later. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, this this will be a really weird one for me. Um, I played it at launch. I played it uh, through once on Heroic with uh, my friend Stephen Linder. Um, but the time is is more critical here. Um, I played this and completed this the night before my, my twin girls were born. Um, <laughs> and that kind of is the history of my Halo 4 up until the Master Chief collection. So I went through it once. I think we spent two nights. We played through in Heroic. Um, saw it through to the end um, and then my life turned upside down and I hadn't been back to it since until the Master Chief Collection came out and actually um, had some pretty strong feelings on how I felt the campaign was, how I felt it was lacking um, you know, we'd talk further into that and how I generally just felt it wasn't really a Halo game um, and that's a belief I, I've kept for, for a number of years because you know I've been busy uh, you know, raising up two two girls and um you know slowly working my way back in into gaming and the master chief collection it was the last one that obviously we got around to going through chronological order and um it's the one maybe i was the most trepidatious about going back to because you know it's it's one i had maybe the least fun memories of, of playing um since then i've i've um played through halo 4 on the master chief collection three times and played through pretty much once on the xbox 360 version so in the last month or so i've probably played halo 4 four times um so f- fairly up to speed with what, what that game is but it's it it just bookends really, you know, eight months of playing Halo games uh, for me, Carl, um, our friend John, um, Darren. You know, we could do a whole podcast about, yeah, you know, and we have done a whole podcast about those games, but we could do a whole podcast about my feelings of how attitudes and whatnot have changed throughout, throughout that, that period of time. But it's it's been pretty spectacular. So, <laughs> yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't pick this up at the time at all. Um, I was 
not I just wasn't really very excited about it. It was the the new development team thing, knowing you know, elements like knowing that the composers had changed. Not not anything against the the new composers, but like Josh said, thinking that without the O'Donnell Salvatore music, it wouldn't be the same. I didn't think necessarily the feel would be there. I didn't think the um, the technical aspects would be there. Um, but then the reviews came out and they were pretty positive and people were playing it and they were saying it's all right. But it, you know, a common thing that I heard was well, it doesn't really feel exactly like a Halo game. And it's like, yep, that's kind of what I was expecting um, with a with a big change in development team. Um, one of the things that did piqued my interest somewhat though was when i heard that um mike wyken or wyken i'm not sure how you pronounce it um who was one of the main people at retro studios when they were making mm. metroid prime and stuff had moved from retro to uh, 343 that year um and there was some suggestion that in terms of the sort of um the look and feel of being on an alien planet and stuff mm. had had echoes if you'll pardon a pun of metroid <laughs> prime so that got me interested so i did end up adding it to wish lists at various points but i never got around to buying it let alone playing it um and so in the end i first got it when the master chief collection came out and i've only just played it now i've completed it uh, over the last week or two on heroic um and yes my feelings to follow uh, i suppose we should also say that um the aforementioned John, along with Carl Tony and I, played some Spartan Ops last night. That was my first experience of Spartan Ops, which was dished out episodically but for free um, yeah. when uh, when Halo 4 first came out, but is uh, was in fact patched into the Master Chief Collection, but was uh, put in all in one go. So that's all there. Um, and after an initial spot of uh, lag, it seemed to function pretty well, and it was a kind of co-op shooting experience with laser guns being on alien planets that felt not entirely dissimilar to a game by a studio called Bungie. <laughs> um, in fact, it felt very similar to playing Destiny, um, other than yeah. the fact that we weren't grinding for loot. Playing Spartan Ops was pretty much, you know, <laughs> so such a similar moment-to-moment -moment experience. levels as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, the joke we made, is there might be more content <laughs> in the free bonus a uh, bit of Halo 4 than there is in the whole Who's of joking? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trollolol. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Carl, you briefly mentioned there was, there's like uh, movies and CGI, well, CGI stuff. Is there some live action stuff or is that that's yeah, more recent things? Yeah, yeah, that was Forward Unto Dawn. Oh, okay. was the, uh, it was live action and it was uh, Microsoft put in a, a budget of $10 million yeah. dollars for, to, to create what is essentially a movie. Um, so, I mean, it's good. I, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, if you look at... The, as we've discussed before, I'm not particularly into the, the whole law. Yeah. Um, and I understand that it's very broad. There's a lot of it. But for me, that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily equal depth. You know, it's, it, it is like a big, it's a big sporting space opera. And if you're into it, I totally get it. But when I look at the reviews of those shows, you know, in, on sites where it's not about whether they're a game show, they're just a TV show reviewed like yeah. any other, the reviews for these things tend to be pretty damning. Um, so my assumption is always that the, you know, they might put a lot of money in them by game promotion standards, but in terms of, you know, the amount of money it costs and the writers you have to hire to, and the actors to make a really good, um, you know, successful TV series, maybe the, I always assume that the quality isn't there, but am, am I being terribly unfair? I, I, I would not say you are. 
Um, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think, you know, whilst the budget might have only been $10 million or it might be as high as $10 million, depending on which side you're coming from it, Microsoft have a lot of links in the industry that when it comes to CGI can get you a pretty good deal. Um, in, it's a sort of a one-off movie. It introduces new characters. And as far as video game movies go, uh, I would probably say it's the best one I've seen. Now, I might be biased. I do like Halo. Um, but on its own, I think it can be taken oh, I, I, as, a, as a sole product without knowing the Halo lore, the Halo story, and 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 so forth, uh, as just a one-off viewing for anyone who does not play the series. I, I think it actually works. I mean, I, I've watched pretty much all the stuff recently, um, just to refresh my mind. And Forward into the Door is a weird one. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with a car. I think the point of entry is you need to understand Halo. You need to know what the universe is. And I think you know understanding who Arnie are and um, you know, the master chief makes an appearance towards the end, but understanding it certainly, it helps if you played Halo four as well and um, know how these characters are young characters that then actually bed into um, it's captain Lasky. Who's uh, who captains yeah. the infinity, which is a main part of, of Halo four to actually see his development from being a young kid and like a cadet and actually having the experience of master chief saving him as a, a young child. It, it once again, it, it fleshes out the fiction. I think it's. I enjoy it because I like the fiction. I don't think yeah, you just show it to a random person. It's going to be the best thing they ever see. Ultimately, that there's other stuff. So they, um, they also did something called Infinity, um, which is pretty much it is entirely CGI, and that um, that follows the crew of the Infinity, and more importantly, Doctor Halsey, um, or Halsey, um, who's a major part of all the story lore. I mean, she is the creation of you know. A, John, um, you know, Spartan one one seven, and um, it very very much plays on you know her and the the impending kind of doom scenario, and actually you know trying to to get the understanding of what the artifacts and what the forerunners are and and what is our place in this universe. And I'd say if you're you're into Halo lore, that is definitely one to to seek out because I think it gives you a, a deeper understanding. But beyond that, there's there's just uh, we could do a whole show on just law and understanding. There's been so much written about Halo. There's been so much written since the release of Halo Four that has has been you know pretty much building into to Halo Five. Um, plenty that I would recommend. Also, um, I think if if you felt that the the story has been lackluster, maybe through one or two of the titles. I think um, there's if you if you're willing to spend you know five or six hours of your life, I think you could you can turn Halo into a franchise that is far far greater than just a few games. It's um it's an absolute epic universe. It, it it pretty much it's on it's on par of anything you know Mass Effect like. You know there's I've even heard a few people and Josh don't get angry with me, but a few people even saying that they if you understand Halo lore. And you can start to see kind of Dark Souls esque lore playing through in the actual main hmm. games. Now, but they're, they're, if once again, if you understand the stories, you you can pick out stuff that you will just literally pass you by without you know they don't point it out at all. But if you're really into that stuff, you know it it jumps off the screen, and that's what I've been doing recently. I've been you know we've been doing these shows, and I've been kind of bumbling along and knowing a rough story. But the last yeah month or so, now going into Halo Four, I decided to. To basically go quite deep in this stuff and, you know, listen to some podcasts, watch all the movies, watch all the, you know, watch some of the theory and stuff. And I think on a positive note, it going into Halo 4, 
the story suddenly jumped off the screen. There's there's elements of Halo 4 story now that I absolutely just adore and I roll in and think it's just brilliant because I, I understand the overarching uh, story angle, to put it in a way. So, But we'll, we'll get on to that, I'm sure. There are those of us, of course, who don't necessarily, uh, you know, want to invest that extra mm-hmm. time and, and we kind of want our games to actually you know be be a self-contained story because we prefer to spend our, the time where we engage with other fiction as to be engaging with other fiction rather than to you know wallow in um you know reams and reams of of halo novels and and tv shows and whatever and as i say i can't really comment i've, I've watched i watched a little bit of that infinity one just to see um you know, and I saw a lot of cliches and a, and a lot of ham-fisted characters and things like that. Um, but obviously, you know, I absolutely can't comment. What I do find is that if you're not engaged in the, in the Halo lore, but like the games, like I do, um, mm-hmm. you find that there's a. It feels like there's a bit of a cult surrounding. Um, it, it feels like when it, whenever you mention the Halo story to people who are fans, it feels like you're they're trying to in, indoctrinate you into Scientology <laughs> or something, which is appropriate mm-hmm. because. Everything I see about the uh, the Halo fiction does remind me of sort of L. Ron Hubbard level science fiction. So, I guess there's something in that. Josh, Darren, have you ever um, sort of uh, attempted to or enjoyed engaging in the extra, the extra stuff, the expanded universe? No, and I mean for for similar reasons as you. Like I I feel like if you're going to tell a story, everything that you know a person has to to ha- you know all the context or knowledge or what have you that the audience needs to know should be within the game itself or within the movie itself or within the TV show itself i actually find it very frustrating when um there's an expectation of homework <laughs> that the uh, the player has done um uh, other examples of this is when um, Arkham City had the entire explanation for why Arkham City exists in a comic book, which I don't think is I, I don't think you can justify that. And there there are beats in this story, Halo a Halo Four story, where I feel like as as you know uh, uh, the writers are kind of winking at the audience going yeah you know this reference don't you and i'm i'm sitting here playing the game going no i don't <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry thing. and um I, I, tony brought up dark souls i'm i'm only going to briefly mention this because i don't want to turn this into the <laughs> dark souls podcast like every podcast on the internet has turned into but um i i the thing about that game and that it's law is that it's all in there. It's all in the game itself. I, I'm not having to do, you know, research into books or, or comic books or anything. All of that stuff is within the game. And I feel like with Halo 4, a lot of the important information is not in the game, is, just, in, is in other material. Just to contradict that a little bit, I, I think actually, um, I think a better representation of that would be something like Bioshock or Mass Effect. Um, you okay, could, yeah. You could choose not to listen to the audio diaries in Bioshock, but you'd be list- missing a whole kind of understanding of the world kind of collapsing around you. You'd, you'd miss an element, but you could choose to do so. Um, it would be the yeah. same with Mass Effect. You could choose not to engage with any of the the lore that surrounds that. You could go 
bit by bit by the cutscenes that it that it gives you. But you know, or you can engage with that stuff, and that stuff is in there. That it's primarily in I, there within the terminals. I I think I think the bigger problem here is how do you percent so much? They have so much to tell from the Halo universe. How do you get that across, essentially, in a first-person shooter? I, I don't think they mastered it. I, I would agree that the, the core story is a bit all over the place. Um, but it is there, and it, it, it is there within the terminals. And if you do have yeah. a little bit of knowledge, the story is actually really... You know, it's, there's, there's elements of the Halo 4 story. The reason I think I've gone back and... and I've really engaged with it so much is because it's gone back to the very start of the Halo lore. It's always felt like Halo, you know, Combat Evolved hit somewhere in the middle of this grander story, and so did two, and it was a confusing plot, the truth that led on from one. Halo 3, kind of, they were just so eager to get to Earth, and that's just where it left. And actually, if, if you know Halo lore, like, Josh, you would say that, oh, you know, the Flood. I hate the Flood. But the Flood are absolutely the most central, core, important character of the entirety of the Halo story because, you know, they are the precursors. They are the thing that's come back and humanity is being tested as well as the Forerunners. That doesn't make it fun to play. I mean, I like the Flood playing against the Flood, but that's that's such a kind of, well, they're really important, but that doesn't mean they have to be not fun to I'm not, fight I'm not, against, I'm not talking about which they are for lots yeah, I'm of not, people. I'm not talking about combat. I'm just talking about you know an understanding of the enemies that you face, an understanding the religious parts, and yada yada yada. There, if if you want to engage with the story, Halo Four does this this fantastic thing, which it basically takes back history and kind of just and it needed to do this. It reset what Halo was, and it's now going to be three four three's own you know future mm. and and look and they're, they're going back from the very start halo 4 takes that stuff and it pushes it forward so you know for me i i get engaged with it because i understand exactly where they've gone back to okay l- let me re- reframe my criticism slightly then i i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna attack the law itself because i'm i'm i i'm gonna hold up my hands and say that i am not knowledgeable in that area and i and i don't I don't know enough to really criticize it. What I will say as and I feel like I can judge this is that just from a storytelling perspective the Halo 4 does an incredibly poor job of convincing me that the lore is interesting mm. and worth delving it's into. Exactly just the way the way the story is presented and the way it chooses to pace it out and give out information just does not engage me in any way, mm. shape, or form. And, you know, you, we, you, you brought up Bioshock and, and all of those games. Bioshock does. Like, Bioshock, the first moment I enter Rapture, I'm like, I want to know everything about this place. When I found out who the didact was, I didn't want to know anything about him because... At the character as presented in the game without delving yeah, without further context, yeah. is pretty is pretty dull and, and boring as a character. Whereas Andrew Ryan is compelling straight from the word go. Um I and I just I found a lot of what it was trying to do really disappointing in terms of 
kind of reaching out and trying to do something different because based on the trailers when i saw all those robot soldiers i i kind of assumed oh right so there's going to be a completely new enemy that has no link to the previous games whatsoever but no it's it's just the forerunners they're just mm-hmm. bringing back these guys and and it for me just you know context like i'm not an expert with the halo law that feels like a very lazy storytelling move oh, where they could yeah. have really branched out and done something different also clearly the um there's a huge difference between bioshock and uh or you know um bioware games you know thinking about you, you can't move for stumbling across indices or audio logs in those games and most of the key ones the crucial texts will be put in your path in Halo yeah. 4, I stumbled across one or two terminals. Um, one of them, as it turned out, did give me a, a, a great insight into the history of the Forerunners and the humans. Um, and, but it's not like it's actually putting them front and centre. Like, by all means, put them in a corridor that you have to go down and, and put big, big flashing lights and say, you know, lore this way, extra story this way. If you want it, it is here. But if you want to get on with shooting, go up there. But don't hide it. <laughs> I, that I rather do wonder imp- whether that is just, the, the unfortunately, the characteristics of trying to make a, a shooter yeah. versus an RPG. I, I think if this, you know, if Halo was an RPG, that stuff would be there in abundance. It would be in front of your face. I think they get maybe a, a lot more caught up. Will you know, we don't want to upset the people that just want to shoot? And I and I think it it is a problem. I would personally like that stuff to be presented more. When I played it, I searched out every terminal, etc. So that stuff was was fed to me in an order that was, I guess, how they would like it to be required, and it gave so much more. I- so. I I get where you're coming from, but I I can think of so many shooters that do manage this, like Half Life Two and Bioshock and all of those games that I can't. I just I I can't give it a free pass. I can't say, well, it's a shooter, so it's going to struggle to deliver story. I I can't do that. I just what one thing. Oh, sorry, Carl. I'll I'll let you talk. I've talked enough. Uh, I was just going to say where I find the difference between Halo. Um... And, and the other games that you've mentioned. Halo 4 is coming in. It can't change the destination of its story. Halo Law is Halo Law. This is by now the sixth game in the series, um, not including the likes of Halo Wars. Mm. So it can't change where the story is going because it also has books in advance. Bioshock was a one-off story. If you want to write a story from beginning, middle, and end and put it all in one prod- product, it is much easier which to you, deliver which that Josh tale. Got with which which it did, you know, Reach is its own story. It It's one game that covers that area of it and nothing that comes after it. Halo 4 had the awkward <clears> task <throat> of coming after Reach, the first three, uh, the first trilogy, one through three, plus the ODST story, <clears> plus <throat> by this point, several books. You know, if, if Halo suddenly goes and changes its story completely from what everything that has been set before it, that game is... Damn to fail. We're not now, suggesting that that's a bad I'm job not, of delivering not, wait, the story. Wait, it, it does. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm not. I'm not saying that Halo Four should ignore everything that came before. What I'm saying is, it should have the bravery to go to take that stuff and go down a different direction. Whereas I feel like what Halo Four has done is okay. People like the Forerunners. Let's let's 
bring them to the fore instead of you know branching out and doing something like you know taking all that baggage taking all the novels taking taking all that with it but then just going somewhere different going somewhere <coughs> I, that I challenges guess, what's already been I, established. I guess the difference is though josh you say that you say the forerunners to me and i get a little shiver down my spine like i as a halo fan i i yeah, want okay. to know more about this you know the forerunners when you face a knight, you know, I know that I'm facing essentially a digitized human being that they did many, many years ago that have been archived. It's it's stuff like that, that if you, if you do delve a little deeper and you know who the die dad is and you know the absolutely nasty piece of work he was that completely wiped out humanity and you finally get to to face him one on one with the master chief who essentially is, you know, humanity's the test of humanity that stuff becomes that much more powerful. I'm I'm getting to the end of Halo 4, and I'm like... Still really hackneyed stuff, though. It's nothing new. I, I think it's, hack- it's just bog-standard sci-fi more... space opera. Well, maybe, uh, but... I, as... think that's a, I think that's a little bit harsh if you don't understand the, the full lore and the things that have happened before to set up from where the precursors came from, how they have brought other races into it, how the forerunners have come in, they took the mantle on, then decided to turn on the precursors. And none of this is explained through main story progression in Halo 4. You read, the, you get the terminals, you understand it, and you piece it together. This is not a story. A lot of Halo nouns does not, not make great sci-fi. A lot of, uh, a lot of proper nouns does not make this, great sci-fi. And, and this, is, this is a massive story written by a huge amount of different people. This mm. is not like someone's vision. This is... This is mostly stuff that's been put together for marketing purposes. This is not some great fantasy I, work. I, I, disagree. I don't think it is I, marketing. I, I, but I've got to say I absolutely disagree with you there. And I think in not having a knowledge of something in depth and then dismissing it is dangerous. And I, I, think, I, I, I think it's ill-placed. And what I would say is that Halo 4 is a story that on my first playthrough didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy my first experience through Halo 4. Yep, I started completely. piecing it together more on my second playthrough. On my third playthrough, I thought it was excellent. On my fourth playthrough, it really started to develop. I started to dig into it more. I started understanding the terminals, watching those a second time, piecing stuff together from Halo uh, Halo Channel, reading blogs, seeing where that stuff come, comes from, listening to um, podcasts that, that cover Halo lore in the same way that many people believe that that Dark Souls has a great lore because they've heard other people talk about it and start to understand it. I, I okay, I, the, the, but that doesn't change the, the the central criticism is that this stuff I have to go and read a book or read a wiki. I absolutely like with agree. Dark, Dark Souls. I, that stuff is in the game. Uh, yeah, now, I don't necessarily agree with that either because I'd never felt that playing through those games and reading up on it later is fascinating, but I have been open and I think it was a game's design mistake to put such depth story and backstory in hidden terminals. It is a dumb design uh, decision um, because those terminals are so key to understanding. There's more story delivered in the terminals than there is in story progression in the same way that, you know, we praise Bioshock for the way that that does it. It does that does a much better job of delivering it through uh, a journey from the beginning to the game to the end of the game and understanding the story. This does it a little bit in cutscenes, but primarily in terminals. That I'd is bad, and I just, do not defend that. 
The th- right, but okay. One thing, right? I'm gonna you, I, again say like I I don't understand the full law, and I'm not gonna <laughs> criticize it directly. But every <laughs> but every every, every <laughs> time every time someone talks about the law and the way that you and Tony have been talking about it, a lot of the information does sound very very similar to a lot of you know space operas like the forerunners like that's not like an original concept mm. the idea of a race that came before the 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 flood is not like this brand new thing that like that, yeah, that, Josh, that idea could, of an alien anything and anywhere yeah but i just that tr- fair enough but i i just i don't think it doesn't feel I, I, Based on what I've heard and based on what the games, just the games in isolation have given me, I'm not getting that depth. What, what, I, what and... I should say, and I think this will probably sum up the story arc of any of this stuff, I think Halo on the face of it, if you take it for face value, you're pretty much getting a Cliff Notes version of where they want to take the continuing of the Halo franchise. I think if, like any of these games we mentioned in um, you know, Dark Souls being one, Mass Effect, other stuff around that. I think the people that play it over and over and over again, they start to pick up the you know the visual clues. There's you know there's all sorts of stuff there that has been delivered for people that that do understand that that greater um, story. And it and it takes a few times. You know, it, it's taken me all but five playthroughs to finally see all those little tidbits and. Mm. I think that's a really positive thing from a game. I don't, you know, it may it may fail at a Cliff Notes version, but I think for the people that that do enjoy the lore, there's a hell of a lot to take from Halo Four, and there's a hell of a lot to be excited about the direction Three Four Three have taken it, and also there's a hell of a lot to be excited about Three Four Three that understand the lore rather than just bringing a yeah. development house that has gone. Well, let's make a shooter a bit like Halo. There's there's a love, there's a craft, there's a design to that stuff, and I think if you're willing to to spend the time and engage with it, then you're going to get a lot more from Halo 4's story than you would do if you just played it through once. And I and I think that comes across many games with with good stories that you know isn't necessarily apparent from the first time. And and key can, is can that I... Halo 4 is never meant to be taken in isolation. It is part of the series you know that that's yeah. just the way that those games are going to be designed not none of the halo games excluding reach because that had to take part before what we'd seen um and and explain those events so that was its own isolated story but from halo 1 onwards those games are um one huge story arc so and Halo 4 had a really awkward position where it had to come after a trilogy that sort of wrapped up itself and then they had to come in and bring elements of law that had been written since and it it I don't envy what they tried to do but it's something that you know I I've been perfectly honest the first time that I played through Halo 4 I did not enjoy it as a game and when we announced this series I thought well I guess I have to play Halo 4 again I wasn't a fan of it I don't really like it and it sort of with my understanding and the progression and playing through the games in close order i understand what they were doing a lot more and it's gone from a game that i didn't enjoy to a game that i actually really quite love because of what it's done with the story now that is not for everyone but those that want to eat it up 
It is definitely a very appealing part of that series. Can I can I move us off yeah, this topic do. by sho- shock, <laughs> shocking you both by saying something positive about Shoot. the story, so we can move off the the broad story. I I did actually really like the way they handled Cortana's uh, rampancy in this story. Yes. That's the the one. And uh, I'm sorry, but the one and only aspect of the story that really drew me in because I found that, and 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 I think this is why I, you know, still feel that Halo Reach is the strongest is because it it made a conflict more intimate and more character driven, and that's the stuff that's going to yeah. draw me in, and that's why Reach is my you know yeah. my highlight of the series. Um, that that the way they handled her you know, slowly losing it and having these outbursts of anger that were genuinely quite scary at points and um, kind of this feeling of watching a character that, you know, I'm not particularly attached to, but, like, Cortana has weight whether I feel she's a great character or not. You know, she clearly has an iconic position in the in the gaming industry. And to watch a character who's that iconic slowly disintegrate and, uh, and you know, die effectively was there, really there's effective. There's a, um, a great bit in Forward Into Dawn. There's uh, the first five minutes of the film is her basically being on, on the ship um, falling apart for the, the four years before you actually kind of get into the game area. Um, it plays a lot more onto that and her anger about being left and just watching over him and controlling that and essentially being, you know, left alone. Um, it's, it's well worth checking out if you want to see the continuation yeah. of that. I think for anyone who doesn't, who hasn't played the game and doesn't understand it, Halo 4 essentially has two storylines that are going. It's got the one, which is the relationship between Chief and Cortana, which has obviously been building over the prior games, particularly 3, and it's certainly a key element of 4. Um, and then it, it's got the introduction of the Forerunners and where they stand and why it's important and why you are Reclaimer, why you've been called Reclaimer for so many games. Um, and I do agree that the job done in handling the Chief Cortana storyline is much better handled um, in how it's delivered. And I think we've been quite... I think we've praised Jen Taylor's voice work a number of times for the work that she's done. um, Yeah, yeah, she's great. And I think she is excellent in Halo 4. Um, I think it's it's the, the strongest Cortana performance. Now, I am a fan of Cortana as a character. I think she's very powerful, and I think um, the job that they do in creating... Because everyone's always joked about Master Chief is just a dull avatar. He's just a super soldier and he's got no story. And then you have an AI who has more humanity than the human that you are um, uh, or, or supposed to be. And it really plays on that in Halo 4. And, and that's something that I did enjoy the first time through. And it's something that I've appreciated on playthrough since, particularly towards the end. Uh, while I, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced that Master Chief is a particularly great character, I did, I did enjoy the game kind of playing with the idea that maybe the reason why he's such an effective soldier is that he's kind of slightly, you know, psychotic. <laughs> that actually, what makes him so good at his job is because he's so detached from what makes everyone else human. Uh, that was a. I mean, I don't think the game explores that idea anywhere near enough to for me to say it's like, uh, you know, a major part of the story. But just to have that little extra bit of spice was interesting. Josh, you were saying there about, uh, you know, appreciating once again in 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 this 
uh, episode of Halo uh, Cortana. Um, so how did you feel about the visual redesign of Cortana? Because <laughs> um, quite I mean, a few of our correspondents have mentioned this, and it certainly struck me straight away that she'd obviously she'd put on some weight uh, during the hypersleep. Um, in but it had all gone on to you know as it can with uh, women in into into feminine areas. But she also appeared to be wearing fewer clothes. And it, was this an attempt to kind of uh, you know woo the Master Chief, or or was this just really heavy-handed art design? I mean, it, it, it is heavy-handed. I I mean, I'm, I'll put my cards on the table, and I you know feel free to disagree with me, and I, I'm more than willing to have agree, Josh, debate to de- debate Carry debates on. about this. But but no, I I just. Um, as far as kind of representation goes, I I think getting the kind of character right and the personality and giving the character an actual interesting place in the story is ranked slightly higher for me than kind of sexualization. And because Cortana did have like an interesting role in the proceedings. I'm not I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to sit here and say that's okay, but I'm willing to kind of not give it such a hard time just because Cortana was probably more compelling in this game for me than she has been in any of the other ones. Uh but having said all that, yes, she looks very sexualized yeah. and uh, and and it is a bit silly. It reminds me of um how Tomb Raider handled it over the years and she went from obviously as the graphics technologies improved and uh, this was the first one that was sort of really starting to push technology and and it sort of developed with sort of the graphical techniques but for me they did take it a little bit too far. I never found it offensive. Um because it's not as, as Josh it's said, just silly. You know, it, as as yeah. Josh said, the, the character is actually, you know, it's well voiced, it's well purposed, and it actually she has a really strong reason for being in that story. Um and all that sort of goes above what they did in its art design. But overall, I did have I think it was a three four three thing. They wanted a hand in redesigning everything. You know, Master Chief's armor changed. He, it well, that changes every game. Even more it? saturated. Um, he's you know he's not the vibrant green anymore. The vehicles uh, were redesigned. All the weapons and the looks and sounds of them were redesigned. And it seemed like they didn't want any handovers from Bungie. They wanted hey, they got a hand the face in text, the right? look of everything. Yeah, in in, in one point the, the faces actually <laughs> like work. Faces. Yeah. <laughs> but it it's. And it was something that I didn't like at first because I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast that I was very aboard the bungee sort of hype train and we try not to let these things bother us, but, you know, they can bother us at some level. And I think I immediately had a dislike for 343 taking the Halo franchise because it was no longer bungee Mm. and I was such a fond fan of how bungee handled design and how it feels and plays. And... Yeah, there's no doubt that when I played it originally, when it came out, that had a negative impact on it, and a lot of it was to do with the visual it's, redesign. And I felt that they didn't need to do stuff. It, it, was, it is funny, like stuff was pointed needlessly. We, we, we pride ourselves on context on Kane and Rince, and you know this is the same. I, the person playing you know a Halo game back when it, it Halo Four when it first came out, 
there was aspects of it that I just hated because how dare they change what I love. Um, I had the same feeling towards actually to reach in some regards as well. Um, I, I've gone on the show, you know, talking about how I, I much prefer if, if, if I have to describe Halo, I, I like the, the kind of bit more fun and jumpy and bright colors and you know it, all that stuff it, if, if i were to describe a halo game that's what i would describe halo one two and three um so i was actually quite off put when they changed things to reach and equally so for for halo four but actually you know a couple of years down the line it's a lot of that stuff can now just be put to one side and i understand the progression of, of what why they had to change the uh the franchise and a lot of the 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 graphical techniques and assets they've used actually i, I really like now and um you know it's less yeah. less to do with pure emotions and actually a lot more analytical um take on it darren i remember uh quite a few people um when i wasn't playing this at the time uh, when it first came out on 360 was saying oh you play play it now because it looks amazing for mm. this this gen was that your was that your experience yeah i mean when i was playing through the campaign of halo 4 i would deliberately leave it on some uh, vistas just because it mm. looked so good i couldn't believe that the 360 and even now like playing it on the xbox one i couldn't believe that these are the visuals from you know, um, from a series which has never been visually impressive to me, you know, from a raw technical point of view, like Halo 1 has some amazing skyboxes, but when you look at the detail on the battlefield, yeah, like I, I've never really liked the, not that I've never liked it, I'm, not, I'm, I'm against it, but I've never really gone, wow, Halo looks amazing. Like mm. it's all about, it's all about, you know, the, the moment to moment. It's all about, it is about the skyboxes and it is about mm-hmm. the, the, you know, flipping the warthog over and crushing an enemy. But visually, it's never been like, well, Halo looks amazing. But Halo mm. 4 was genuinely one of those games where you're like, actually, yeah, this, um, they've actually done something significant to the engine and they've changed it. Um, but for the better in my eyes, I, I really, really enjoy the way Halo 4 looks. Um, um, but is there like any context for why Cortana has changed or is it just because... They, they they want to change the no, models just, because it's free yeah. for free. I now. mean, she changes in every game. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, not saying uh, they shouldn't change models like, from yeah. game to game. Like Peach in Mario sixty four exactly. is completely different to yeah. Peach now. You know, yeah. Like, but I think change. see, I I just thought it was interesting because like her face looks really different, so it looks actually like a slightly different person. Yeah. But as well as like, but it's also interesting that although they've um, accentuated her feminine qualities like given her much bigger hips and mm-hmm. larger bosom what's interesting is i think they've almost i don't know if they actually made the decision to go they go to a point that is like she is of a size beyond what some people would consider conventionally attractive she's actually yeah. quite you know she looks quite curvy. curvy yeah and i think if they had been intending just to make her you know a dead or alive style babe they'd have mm, gone for yeah. the yeah. you know the, the Super skinny. skinny legs but massive breasts and mm-hmm. and whatever else and so it was almost like they were they were i don't know they I don't know if they had a clear vision what what that vision was but it's it was more more the sort of issue i have is why is she now sort of so blatantly naked um like as in i think i'm not sure i can't really think exactly what what she's sort of she's always had circuitry kind of covering yeah. bits where I think it's yeah. just the fidelity. This this is more so on the ex- on the it, Master Chief yeah. Collection. Um, I, yeah. I have to say I've been playing pretty much um, yeah, Halo Four on the 360 and the Xbox One um, side by side, and the the leap in the Master Chief Collection is phenomenal. Uh, I'm, mm. I'm not just upscales well. Yeah, I'm not I'm not just doing hyperbole here. The 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 360 version looks 
fantastic it really does but it, it suffers from quite a bit of that kind of graininess effect that was kind of a, a, in reach as well in well yeah. um on the xbox one up raised to 1080 um running at 60 frames per second i actually would say i've seen not that many games on my next jet pla- next gen platform that can rival how good halo 4 looks on it um mm. which is just surprising to me it's it's not just like, oh yeah that looks prettier or in the in the case of something like halo 2 it's like oh yeah i can see the work they've done or halo 3 like well yeah they they've it looks shinier it it looks phenomenal the, the the level infinity where you first come off um the broken ship and it's all in the background mm. and you know you're you're searching for the warthog and you got the the engine bloom slightly on fire as it's crashed into the ground and there's you know That's there's the one it's i mean it takes my breath away I, i've played that level a number of times now and super impressive how well that that game is polished up and if that's what they can achieve through polishing something from the 360 i'm i'm super excited I mean, to see halo 4 five. was the only native 720p halo mm. game mm. on the on the last gen as well which um leads me into the the main difference that i've always thought was between 343 and uh, bungie mm. and that is that bungie always understood core design and understanding of how a game should feel you know the the Halo games before Halo 4 all felt wonderful to play. They were solid. You know, they've gone on to do Destiny. Again, really solid shooting mechanics. Feels great. 343 come in. They're a team that obviously wanted to go more in depth with the lore and the story and, you know, how that goes across to other people, you know, we've already discussed. But they're also clearly very high on design and look. Mm. Um, you know, they, like I said, they put their hand onto everything visually. You know, not, nothing uh, remains exactly the same in terms of its pure design, not just polished, but, you know, some things more radically changed than others, but they certainly had a look on it. They made sure they made a game that was running at 720. The key thing they wanted for Halo 5 was 1080 and 60. Um, they're a team that are always looking to artistically show off their assets in the best possible fashion. That was never a priority with Bungie. That was always mm. how does it feel to play? Um and, and that's how I always feel that those two studios differ. So Halo 4 looking as good as it does handled by 343 on the Xbox One isn't surprising. Um that you know it looks incredible. I guess it is a bit surprising that you know it holds its own as simply an uprest game with you know two years worth of titles, which you know credit to them. I'm a big fan of Halo 4's art. I'm not really a big fan of the level design in Halo 4 because I think it's it's quite a corridor shooter, and that's not really what I want from Halo as a as a you know as a whole game. I think Halo is great at corridor and big open battles, but the art if, for me in Halo 4, it re- it reminded me of Metroid Prime before I knew there was a Metroid Prime guy on the team. <laughs> and I remember talking to Leon, you know, over mm. Skype when this game was out, saying this game reminds me of Metroid Prime a lot, and I'm a big fan of you know Nintendo and Metroid Prime and uh, just that series in general, but. There's a trailer on YouTube that has the Halo 4 gameplay with the Metroid Prime theme, and it fits so well. And there's, there's something going on there in the back of my mind that's like, I think I like Halo 4 a lot because it, it's, got, it's got the spirit of Metroid Prime. And even with the visor and all the enemies mm-hmm. like hiding, you can sort of... It, if Halo 4 had a scanning mechanic, I would scan the life out of everything and learn, learn the lore that <laughs> that's way. That's how they could have told the story. Yeah. Exactly. I, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. get my word in. But yeah, I don't really like Halo's story. <laughs> but I think Halo 4's story is the best story they've told out of all of them in-game. Like I actually followed it from beginning to end and I was like, all oh, right, that's, that's a thing that happened. Whereas usually with Halo games, it's like, I don't know what's going on. 
But if they had had a scanning mechanic where I could scan things and, you know, quickly learn about these guys on the, on the fly, like Metro Prime, yeah, I just, I just want a new Metro Prime, if I'm honest. Did anyone else find it quite funny when the Promethean Knight's face opened up and it was like a blue sort of ghost, like a ghost house skeleton popping out with me? Yeah, just yeah, I thought, that it, seems silly it seemed to me. Like, yeah. I, I quite like the cinematic direction the series is going in. I, it, but at the same time, I'm also kind of cautious because, you know, if they lean too heavily in it, then it feels mm. less like Halo 1 to 3, you know, and Reach. But, you know, that, that little cutscene there, I, I, could, I could have done without the ghost train moment, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I do kind of... Totally forgotten about it, to be honest. You know, and they've also got, like, un- Uncharted-style, you know, um, ledge grabbing and stuff, mm. which kind of works and doesn't at the same time. And it, That is bizarre, right? First level and last yeah, level and nothing in between. Yeah, very strange. It's, yeah, I it's, assume it's just meant, like, like the, the fact that it's there at the start, this is, for those who haven't played it, basically a, you know, push stick forward to crawl mm. kind of thing um as we've seen in other games and i think it's just there to ha- so that they can sort of semi justify the not really a qte that is the last action that you do but yeah really mm. weird um and we'll come back to that final mm. boss yeah um and it, it's a little worrying that the one trailer for halo 5 actually featured yeah. something very similar of cl- clambering um mm. across environments but yeah, well at least that, they didn't that, that was a bit at least weird. they didn't lace it through the game i suppose oh. that would have well, been yeah. more frustrating i mean actually you know moving on to the level design and, and the moment-to-moment gameplay my my experience was that when i first started it did feel you know exactly like i was expecting like when a new developer takes over a franchise everything felt slightly off slightly wrong but the more i played it the more i got to you know it became i became comfortable with it it's like you know going from one year's version of a football game to the next there's you know they've made some key changes to how fast things move or they don't move also i forgot there was a run button for ages Mm, um which is uh, i'm I assume it told me at some point at the start. Um, and, you know, the guns sound different, which makes things feel different. Again, mm-hmm. that's where the sound feeds into. the. Now, I really love the gun sounds in this, and the animations on the weapons are spectacular. But um, but it's just, you know, after years. 15 mm-hmm. years or 13 years yeah. of, of expecting things mm-hmm. to sound and feel a certain way, it is jarring. The, the, but by the end, I was, uh, I was in a good old again, groove. Again, that... that... Ties into what I was saying about three four three. It felt like they almost over designed it. Like they really right. wanted a hand in changing I, everything. I feel like Reach broke a lot of those those things anyway. Um, going through Reach again recently, you know, and playing huge amounts of Halo one, two, and three. Reach came in and it changed huge amounts of that stuff. And actually, Bungie were well on the way to creating something entirely different than Halo yeah. one, two, and three. Reach was drastically, in my opinion, different than those games. And I think 343 just really picked up where Reach went, uh, ended. Um, and I think it had to, right? I don't know. It feels very different to Reach to me. I don't know. Me. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say but it does feel I'm, different I'm to Reach to me. Like, I played Reach just before because I was, I was planning to be on that podcast. But I played Reach, you know, um, after playing 1 to 4 on the yeah. Master Chief Collection. And I was quite surprised by how much like 4... I mean, yeah, how much mm. like four Reach actually is? It's like, mm. God, man, the engine is completely different for Reach. It really they kind of broke the consistency and, in it, anyway. Yeah, it, it does feel completely different to me, and it does feel more in line with four. But four definitely seems to pick up like, like that oddball and run with it pun. But yeah, I, I, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm 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 kind of melding two sections of our discussion together. But I think uh, maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that 
I respond very strongly to sound design, and I think Leon does mm. too. And I, I think the change in the sound effects for the weapons does just in our brains kind of effectively change how those guns feel um and because the sound design for the you know the all of the human weapons and the covenant weapons in halo reach was pretty much identical to the previous games Mm. those guns still felt the same despite the fact that they changed the models here's the way i look at things um um yeah advanced warfare came out right so halo 3 was was it the same year of advanced warfare uh, modern, oh, warfare. modern warfare, modern warfare. Um, but th- I feel like the fundamentally the industry changed the moment that that game hit, and I feel that you know Halo made sense in one, two, and three in the way it was before that game hit, and I just every shooter seemed to want to chase what that was, and I think Halo was no different. I think Reach was on the beginning of that. ODST was a weird kind of thing that's stuck in between and then they've continued the evolution with halo 4 and i'm sure they'll continue the evolution with 5 i just think after modern warfare hit everything changed for halo and there's nothing they could do about it but the multiplayer changed some of it for for you know for good some of it i think personally think for bad and i think that that also plays into the look and design and the storytelling and all that stuff that essentially that game brought to the board of, of first person shooters whether i liked it or not i don't think i'd still be playing the game that was halo 3 design and kind of fun cartoony almost-esque elements in you know halo 4 and 5 etc. i missed i missed the speech of the grunts you know yeah, I, 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 know. Do. I, I really do yeah um you know yeah that kind of stuff is hidden on the uh i would have been your daddy skull sure um, so it's not there by default now you actually yeah, activate they... the second skull and you do hear a few daft things like there's a there's uh i remember laughing at a moment where on one level they, they're coming through um airlocks mm-hmm. and you can actually flush them back out if you press the button oh, in time nice. didn't know that um and and there's there's three that come in so you can avoid a whole battle by flushing them back out <laughs> and, and, he's, and there's a grunt banging on the window going let me in let me in that's but good i'm glad they've kept some of that goofiness in there but by default now yeah. the covenant uh, make yeah, alien but noises aren't they in that they catch they look 22 creepy. yeah free for a free they're doomed if they do doomed if they don't if they if yeah, they yeah, stuck sure. with what halo one two and three were then you know they'd be saying well you know this this series is stuck in the past if they they push it forward and they like reach already did before if they push it forward and change stuff and and make it more suitable for a, a modern day audience i want to you know grasp new players that are used to you know young a younger audience that are used to halo <coughs> uh used to uh, call of duty etc or battlefield then you know you're gonna lose some of the charm i think that we've had I, from kids I mean, i've never felt that it has I don't feel like Halo ever changed to try and capture some of that market back. I think Halo's always had its own share of market. It's just taken what it feels would be a good push, uh, such as the progression yeah, system, I which I enjoyed in Reach. You know, I actually enjoyed mm. that XP progression system. I never felt like that was trying to be Call of Duty. Yeah, no, I like I, with Reach. Like, I felt all of the additions were, as you say, Carl, just things that they felt actually that would probably benefit mm-hmm. us. Like, you know, the, a sprint button and what have you. They didn't suddenly, you know, add in iron sights or what have you, which uh, I think Halo Five has finally kind mm-hmm. of decided to add those in. But uh, yeah, they, they, I, it, it never like Reach never felt like um, Call of Duty, and neither does Halo Four for oh, that. No. Matter, it feels more like crisis I, to me or something like that yeah yeah I, and i think for me one of the the bigger differences because 
I, I think in terms of controls, I do feel like it feels very similar to the the other the mm-hmm. apart from the sound design, which is jarring for me. Um, even though I actually think the human weapons, especially, do the sound s- a lot better in this game. Special. Yeah, like I, I, I really they feel powerful in this game in a way that they haven't mm. before for me. But um, the level design is not as strong mm. as uh, previous titles. A lot of it is just corridors. Um, you don't. There are a couple of open environments, mm. yeah. but nowhere near on the scale of Halo One or Halo Reach, yeah. or you know, e- or even ODST. Uh, it just feels like very simple, kind of lead you by the hand level design. It's actually, quite similar and to I, 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 <laughs> Yeah. I, I've been back to um, the original Combat Evolved today because I realised it was the only game on the Master Chief Collection I haven't finished. So I've been playing Combat Evolved Anniversary on Xbox One, and uh, you know some of those stages where you do a load of corridor fighting and then you suddenly come out mm-hmm. into a massive mm-hmm. arena. That is is still, still magic. I still think that game's incredibly special, and I still find it incredibly compelling. Even though I've completed completed it multiple times over thirteen. Mm-hmm. years of course there's an element of nostalgia and familiarity and it is like putting on a comfy pair of jeans and whatever so you know that 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 plays into it but um it's odd that during in development interviews um 343 were very sort of very keen to say we're making the biggest ever halo levels these are you know the mm. biggest but but they might be that. I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't lie about something that can be measured because someone would just say, well, no, they're not. You know, however you do it, whether in terms of square feet or whatever. <laughs> but they are, yeah, there's a lot of corridor shooting. Now, I love corridor shooting. Most of my favourite bits in in my favourite first-person shooters are in corridors because there's such a lot of fun you can have, you know, just thinking back to the... Uh, this scene in Star Wars where they bust Princess Leia out of the uh, out of the prison cell and that sort of that sort of exciting hiding around a, a bit of cover and and all that and yeah, I remember playing Goldeneye and Doom and whatever else corridors are fun. It, but it is there's a lack of balance. That corridor shooter has become a negative uh, or a slight on something. Yeah, but there's, I, I it's just it... there's a lack of variety. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't have a problem with corridor shooting. I think for me it's about you know, creating levels that complement the mechanics mm. that you have in your game. And for me, when, when a game is more focused on resource management and stuff like that, I think corridors kind of work because they kind of create tension and, and you know, claustrophobia. Whereas Halo, it's it's not really... I mean, you have to swap weapons and what have you, but you're never really in a panic for, you know, if, finding if ammo. If you play Halo 4 on Legendary, that is exactly mm. what you're... Okay. Leon actually found this out. We were, we were playing some stuff with Legendary on Leon, and I think you were quite surprised to jump between Heroic and Legendary. It's a big jump. It is. Yeah, I think it's a... It's, it's, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, always, it's always a jump. Um, again, playing the original on heroic and finding it an absolute breeze mm-hmm. now um yeah. even though there are some bits on the first combat of old and legendary that i find incredibly difficult mm-hmm. um yeah it it's it, well, it is back, tough back to your level yeah. design I... sorry sorry i i just want to no, finish no. my point before i i've uh, it's just that for me that the halo 
Halo games come alive when you have that kind of open combat puzzle improvisational style gameplay. That's what appeals I, I, to you know. That's what makes the combat it's not like fun. It doesn't for me. have those levels. I can think of um, the level Reclaimer where you're taking on. You know, there's I think almost a dozen wraiths at one point, and you're in a warthog or another wraith strolling around them. I can think of Forerun where you're working up a massive cliff face, and there's it, a tank. Yeah, but, the, it, it, but what what it. it there are those moments, but they, for me, you know, speaking personally, it just it felt like I was funneled down a path do where I, that yeah. all the Halo games, none of them have actually caught the scale that um, the original Combat Evolved did. I just I fundamentally enjoy that so much more than any of them because, as Darren said once, they got the the scale wrong. Like Master Chief is this tiny pinprick in this massive mm-hmm. area. They, it's actually bad level design because he. Well, I don't <laughs> think it is. I think it was no, deliberate. No, no, I, I, I don't just, think but it I is. Think there was nothing to say modern, that the Halo had to be no, built around modern, human scale. Modern gaming, I think you look at that and you'd say, well, why would you waste all this space? Because he's not going to walk over there. That's just, you know, resource management. Huge, I, 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 don't, I don't think just because something's the trend no, means and it's I agree, correct. But I also don't I, think I, I, any I, Halo yeah. game has ever recalled that magic that is from the first one. I don't, yeah, I think Free's probably the closest one that, that played with the bigger arenas and the, you know, the Warthogs and, you know, uh, mongooses, etc. I think but, each each has yeah, its own yeah. thing, though. That you could say that the ones after it have but never I, captured, and, and to, you know it depends what. To, a to my likes. point, I think what Halo Four does, and having now played the game close on six times through, what it it, it does, it actually presents fairly big looking levels but pushes you through corridors. So something like the Reclaim, which is like this big outside level, the actual skybox is huge. It makes you feel like you're in a big environment, but you do need to kind of push yourself through a canyon. So you have the scope what feels like mm. a big area, but actually they're, they're pushing, you know, they can, they can mm. I guess, keep um, the combat a lot more focused the, the way that they would want it whilst giving the illusion that the, the area is grander than it is. And actually that plays through a lot of Halo 4's levels that it feels bigger than it and than it actually is, and I, I guess that's probably game design, etc. But on, I think the f- sorry, when I when I was going to say when I first played Halo 4, um, you know, and I had the negative feelings aside. Over the three years, I always remembered it being purely narrow corridors, and then going back now, you realise that that was actually unfair. There are no levels that we would class as the big open levels that we've seen in Reach, but the levels do have big open moments. So you might remember the start being in a tight area and the end being in a tight area, but there are big open moments in the levels. So it's unfair to say it's either yeah, one way or the other. It does area. mix it up. I, I, I think what, what I'm speaking about specifically is large or small it doesn't feel like the levels are designed in that way mm, yeah, where it encourages you to use the environment <clears throat> against the enemy, to improvise, to come up with interesting tactics. It feels like it's funneling you down a specific set of actions that it already wants you to do. But let's talk about gameplay. I think you know there, there is actually verticality in Halo 4. Um, there's a number of levels where you need to work up something um, you know, we can talk about whether we like the Promethean race, the Knights being a, a sticking point for many. Um, actually, it is kind of funny after spending all these months playing Halo games. The elites in this game seem like an utter joke in the way that you can kill them so super quick. And the Knights feel like these ridiculously hard standpoint until you <laughs> once again learn the pattern, learn that you need to do the, the kind of new combo, you know, take down their shield, their bullet sponges if you don't do that. 
I never found I could do that with the Prometheans. You can, I played it yeah. twice, and uh, yeah, I, I, I never, I never felt the same connection between like the the, you know, the, the the fencing style battle between me and the Covenant was quite immediate. But with the Promethean, because they all kind of look similar in that they're, they're grey and orange, I never really found um, enough character dis- distinction for me to go right. That's that kind of enemy. Because, because you know, the elite and the grunt and the jackal, they all look distinctively different mm-hmm. from a visual point of view. Mm-hmm. The Prometheans, to me, are just like just slabs of metal bolted together with orange. And I couldn't really get the right. And uh, I need this gun for that guy and this gun for that guy. I, I, I spent a long time trying to figure out why exactly the, the, the Promethean um, the robots were not as fun to fight as the Covenants. Because... To me, that they're they're less frustrating than the flood. I, I know, you know, people on this podcast might disagree with that, <laughs> but I, I actually had more fun fighting them than the flood. But still, they weren't as good as fighting the covenant. And I, I kind of realised it recently is that the reason why I'm enjoying fighting the covenant is because the covenant give you so much audio visual mm-hmm. feedback when you're attacking them so for example the elites when you're shooting at them you you're seeing that shield start to glow and get more and more you know erratic the more shots you fire at it and the sound gets you know more and more erratic the more shots you fire it then it explodes and the elite goes oh no you got my shield and then he's gonna die very shortly after that I mean, whereas with the knights you shoot at them and <laughs> yeah but it's it's it is I, very I, I, subtle it's nowhere near as exaggerated like it for me like the sound is very like oh i've hit mm-hmm. a metal thing and they're 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 not emoting they're not reacting in the same way there's a slight it's it's not as it's not communicated that well. I think Josh, you you've absolutely it, nailed yeah. it. But I actually, you know, I don't mind fighting the the knights. It certainly wasn't the sticking point for me that it was for many. But yeah, I agree yeah. with everything you've just said. I think the phrase "damned if you do, damned if you don't" comes back again mm-hmm. with the Prometheans because I wanted a new enemy type for my new yeah. Halo game. Yeah, but then they delivered it, and I'm like, oh, it's not as good as the old guys. And you're like, well, you know, it <laughs> is the brutes. Well, you know, I, but the, I, I saw the brutes enough, so I guess I haven't seen the Prometheans enough to understand their combat mechanics. So maybe can, Halo Five, I, I'll give it. They can it work on them. I think I don't think it's a it's a it's a total dead loss. I think they're, no. they're obviously some people found them frustrating, but once I realised that basically all of the kind of Promethean knights, if you get up close to them with a shotgun or similar, they're really soft. You know, they 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 go down really quickly. Maybe not on legendary, but on heroic. Shotgun beats everything ultimately, and <laughs> um, that that's just the Halo tradition. But I mean, the knights do have a shield you'll pop and you'll see them all fizz off but the problem is that when you use the noob combo it doesn't show its face straight away that face um is uh, obviously its weak point when it shows it um because the idea is that it's in pain and they're based on humans because the whole story was the forerunners followed the you know <laughs> etc and they're all hu- they're all based on their own master's image etc um and but in terms of fighting the crawlers, I enjoy fighting the crawlers because their animation makes them tricky to hit whilst they're swarming you. Um, the watchers are, are the fun because are dogs, again basically. they start to flee. Right. Um, the the watchers start to flee, and you'll see they'll put the wings together. Are that, is uh, that behind the ones called Ringos? Yeah. 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 The Ringos. Cool. And when they when they're going away quick, if you get them through both. Uh, wings sometimes they'll die straight yeah. away so and you've got a whole priority management situation as exactly. well because 
the I don't don't get me wrong. I don't like fighting the knights. I'm still not a fan of the knights. Not on not on legendary. No, I I do I do like fighting. The thing is, I I I don't think I made myself clear. I don't think the problem with them is mechanical. I think it's purely aesthetic for me. It's just with the covenant i'm given a lot of information yeah. visually and, you're really and used to them as audibly well, of yeah. and and uh, yeah and of course i think a lot of my problems and and you you said like i don't think they should abandon these creatures i think that a lot of my problems are simple tweaks mm. like you could you could do something interesting yeah. with these mm, guys absolutely. in halo 5 and i really do like the idea of that hovering uh, sorry you called them what did you call them darren ringos ringos, <laughs> ringos. That's I, i'm gonna call them that because it's a better the name um the ringos uh, the ringos um i i like the idea of them tossing grenades back yeah, at you good. and and giving shields and resurrect they, they do resurrect people horrend- i didn't imagine yeah, that this is a joke. you'll see a, a bunch of players all come into a level and we've done this where we've been four players come into yeah. a level you've got you know the essentially what well, the you know the dogs running at you you've got um the knights who can do massive amount of damage and you see everybody shooting up into the sky these little buzzing flying things because it's pointless you it kill does. any of the things down below and the watchers will just you know you could yeah empty mm-hmm. an entire clip into a night and then just watch a watcher come up and go thank you and resurrect and it's the it's the same feeling you get from taking down an elite shield only not to be able to get that final shot off and see the shield go back and think, well, that was a complete and utter waste of time. And they do that a lot. So you have a lot of people just running around trying to kill these flying objects before actually mm. taking down something, which is, you know, from a combat point of view, a lot more vicious. But, you know, once in, they're down, they're down. In terms of in terms of the mechanics that Josh mentioned in terms of fighting forerunners, I completely agree. I think it is a very slight tweak, but uh, I had a real issue with the way design was handled in those areas. And it, it sort of logical in a way because all the areas where you fight high numbers of forerunners you are flooded with forerunner weapons which is all well and good but the majority of them are bolt shots and suppressors and neither of those weapons are really good you know they 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 are the in my opinion certainly the weakest um, you know, the bolt shot is no comparison to the pistol or, or magnum. Um, and, it's okay and the against the dogs, the bolt shot. The, if you, the suppressor if is, yeah, it, but it, it, the bolt shot has this strange feature where obviously you can hold it and do a charge shot, mm. but if you try and do a quick shot, sometimes it thinks you're trying to charge it, so it's not responsive, whereas you pull the trigger and the pistol is immediate because it only fires mm. one bullet. And there are times where that can get you in trouble when the crawlers are, you know, fl- really coming at you at, at quite a rate. And the suppressor, is uh, an imprecise version in the same way that the assault rifle is. Neither uh, um, of those are fair representations of, say, the DMR, battle rifle, Covenant carbine, which are true precision weapons. Mm. You've got the light rifle, but that's, you know, somewhere I think, between. The, yeah. the, it's not that good. So the, the binary rifle works really well. The grenades are so-so. The incineration cannon... You know, that's really powerful, but that is essentially your fuel rod cannon. Mm-hmm. But in those areas where you basically overwhelmed with enemies and you've got a bolt shot and a um, suppressor and trying to take knights and you've got the uh, watchers flying in the sky and you really lack in those precision weapons, it becomes frustrating from that uh, a design. All they needed was a tweak on those weapons or a variety of maybe Covenant and human weapons there. They have got brilliant um, animations better. though. Like, you can't get rid of the Prometheans oh. purely based on those animations alone. Like every time I pick one up and you see it like kind of fold together, you like... Oh same as God, when they, they go to dust they, as well, the Prometheans, they just oh. break down into their, you know, the, the digitised yeah, elements. Cool. Oh, brilliant. 
Moving on, uh, we sort of, you know, there's a lot of elements to this that we can't go to in to such depth regarding. But yes, there are a load of new weapons. Carl mentioned a few of them there. Um, and it's quite fun. You know, you get the whole new experience of uh, trying some of the uh, the Forerunner or Promethean weapons against the... Uh, against the covenant things like that and yes there are some some powerful new stuff there are a few new human weapons as well as a sticky launcher which you get occasionally which is pretty powerful but limited and it's a sticky detonator sticky, well the, the okay. sticky launchers in reach oh, okay right. um, yeah. yeah so it's a it's a it's a press it stick it and then press it again to blow it up and uh, yeah. that's a lot of always a lot of fun but uh, you know similar to the uh, satisfaction you get from a plasma grenade and there are some weapons missing, which is, I think, the, the one that really oh, surprised me was the the plasma rifle. Oh, okay. The weapon yeah. that is iconic with Halo. Yeah. Um, I really never from, from thought the about it. Start of, <laughs> yeah, and um, I mentioned it when I was playing through it with Tony and John, and, and there was that realisation that, oh, yeah, that actually isn't in there. And stuff like the needle rifle, which was introduced in Reach, isn't in there, which, mm. you know, was a shame because I thought that was a good weapon. So there are some weapons removed. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. Some, some added. Yeah. Um, we must just talk, even though we, we've sort of talked about whether we like what we do like and don't like about the story. We haven't talked about the specifics, but we should talk about the end, um, both mechanically and in terms of the story. Um, so I was forewarned about this when mm. playing Spartan Ops. Uh, with with the other guys that um just utterly bizarre even though the master chief collection has had umpteen patches uh when it boils down to it after a, a pretty challenging final level uh around you go you go various points of combat and have to see off a lot of um promethean knights and and so on with a lot of these very powerful one hit almost one hit kill kind of new weapons and stuff Eventually, you get to a showdown with this uh, didact who, according to the game, if you only know the game, is just a pretty bog-standard nasty man. Um, if you follow the law, apparently there's a lot more going on. Anyway, you, um, you, you're, you're given a one-button QTE to, to win the game, basically. But amazingly, the button prompt is incorrect <laughs> on, the, uh, on the Master Chief version, which is uh, a staggering oversight, frankly, especially yeah. with the number once of patches. you pull the right done. trigger when you should actually be pressing the left trigger. Yeah. It says pull right trigger to fire a machine gun. Yeah. You don't even have a machine gun. No, it's, it's very weird. It's, it's bizarre. The, uh, yeah, even forewarned, I still failed it the first time because it's not really that clear <laughs> when you're supposed to actually press the button. Yeah. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of final bosses. So when this, no. you know, this situation arose, I was oh, like, yeah. oh no, we're going to have to have this stupid. Again, like Metroid Prime, I always get to the final boss and sort of turn it off for ages because I don't like their <laughs> oh, that, final boss. Those are rock art, though, aren't yeah, they? They're, yeah, they're just stupid. So I was like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be a stupid final boss. So I kind of like the Meta fact Ridley. that it was just as easy as watching, uh, you know, me pressing the button and watching it happen. Oh, yeah. I'm into but, that. Um, but it was just, it's just not very in with the series, you know. It's kind of like, again, I, I kind of expected to me for me to get on a vehicle and drive away from exploding panels or, you know, a crumbling building. You, or that yeah, you have your on-rails yeah. level earlier in the game in this one, yeah. don't you, on your ghost, on ghosts? Um, but yeah, I mean, it just seemed really, really, just really limp, even, even if you only cared about the story as much as I did, which was not particularly. Mm. Like, okay, I'm attacking the bad guy, saving humanity again, of course, and... It was just like press button. He falls off ledge. It's just, God, it's it's just so underwhelming. <laughs> you can almost imagine the design meeting of right. How do we end this then? Oh uh, well, we could just do a one button QTE. He falls off a ledge because because people didn't like the boss fights in Halo yeah. Two. <laughs> okay, that sounds. Or good. Or you could make a good boss fight, you know. But yes, yeah, uh, yeah. very odd. And then um, 
following that uh, is a scene, uh, in, well, several important scenes probably, again, if depending on how into it you are, but um, probably the one that people will care about regardless is the, the scene between Cortana and Master Chief. Uh, yeah. They touch, my goodness. Um, but ultimately she has, uh, this is where your spoilers come in, she appears to have made pay the ultimate sacrifice, but um, yeah. I suspect that that won't have been the I think, case yeah. <laughs> almost like yeah well i mean it, it, it it's linked that she could have she could potentially be backed up in the unsc infinities systems um, yeah, lack of peril there really isn't you know it? The, 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 there's there's stuff set up that but in in the case of the story it's essentially she's jettisoned off all her rampant memory and it's only left her with what essentially is the only fraction of her uh content that that's not affected that she uses to essentially save John. Um, but it, you know, I, I thought it was from a terrible boss battle, which is horrible, to a end cutscene that I thought was really well handled that I absolutely adored. Um, and as was especially with, like I say, with Jen Taylor's voice work there, um, completely sold it to me, which is unusual because I'm someone that I've mentioned I'd, with cutscenes and the way stories are. Given in cutscene forming games, I very rarely relate or come into it. And and on that, yeah, so got me. And, and just to continue that, the the legendary uh, snippet that you'll get is that um, after that cutscene's happened, you end up back on Master Chief ends up back on the ship, and um, you start to see him um, his yeah. armor being taken off. And in the in the normal any of the other you know, um, difficulties, you'll just see all his armor being taken off. And as they, as he pulls off the helmet, the screen goes to black. And in the legendary ending, when he pulls off the helmet, you see his eyes staring mm. back at you. Boring. Yeah, it was, a big, <laughs> it was a big thing that actually caused a lot of controversy. There was an article mm. about this this week on uh, on Eurogamer, I think, somebody saying that they hope they never reveal yeah. Chief's face because yeah. the whole point the whole point is that he's your your mm-hmm. avatar. You know. Yep. Gordon Freeman yeah. should never yeah. speak, and I don't want to see. So we know he has slightly white face, face yeah. and dark eyes. Well. There we go. Wow, he's a he's a white space marine mm-hmm. in a but, oh, great. Yeah, he's it's, probably uh, rugged. But I think all that all that is explained. You know, every, you know mm. his heritage. Yeah, yeah, of um, course, but... and, and all that in advance. But uh, the thing that, that was so controversial was the fact that Bungie had been so specific in not showing him, and they teased it, and they said, "Look, we're not going to do it." And then it was almost this attitude of, "Look." Bungie, they set all this up. They designed six games. Who are you to come in and then start showing Master yeah. Chief? You know, it's, you know, you always get these people in, you know, fandoms that, that are going to take offence to anything. And I, to some degree, I sort of understand it because it was something they didn't need to do. Um, it did. I mean, when we're saying that the legendary content in the past games, um, from the first one, which was comical, and then the second one, and they've always been about five seconds, ten seconds long, or whatnot. In this, we're talking literally a mm-hmm. fraction of a second mm. of content mm. and it was like did they need to do it no not mm. really all right we must hear from our community as well we've talked a lot now uh we must hear from the likes of dorian combs who emailed in to podcast at canarince.com a new contributor welcome dorian says could be male or female halo 4 somehow developed and released almost without me noticing I still managed to pick it up day one, but remain unsure of what level of advertising it had because I was very busy at that time. From my perspective, that quiet release foreshadowed my feelings on the game. 
The campaign had some unique features, but unfortunately the only parts I remember clearly were the parts I considered disappointing. I enjoyed fighting the Prometheans, a new enemy introduced in Halo 4, and I enjoyed new tools. Promethean Vision and the powerful Mantis vehicle shine out as my favourites. However, I remember the level in the Elephant Moving Fortress vehicle had some disappointing scripting and triggers that I found too easily by playing just a little differently than they intended me to. The most painful part of the campaign was the extremely upsetting final encounter which depended on quick time events and an offensive disregard for the player's ego. It evoked memories of the absolutely awful final encounter in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 where it seemed the developer wanted to punish the player for believing his or herself to be the powerful hero. Beyond that, the Master Chief challenged his commander in a very undisciplined way and came off some sort of cowboy teenager who couldn't handle the challenges of the campaign without Cortana and the player forcing him through it. Moving on from the forgettable campaign, I spent most of my time and energy in the multiplayer. Once again, there are bright spots and I enjoyed the same tools in the competitive multiplayer that freshened up the campaign. I love being able to see through walls with Promethean vision, despite the controversy it created. Also, the Mantis is easily my favourite new thing in Halo because it was less controversial and therefore more likely to survive to other games. I also appreciated the speed available to me from sprinting, but that came at a high cost I'll discuss in a moment. The map design in Halo 4 was outsourced to certain affinity. These maps are designed to have no strong points and to encourage map movement a commonly popular term in games with frustrating competitive multiplayer. The result is that you do move around more, but not because you're going anywhere. Instead you move because there's nowhere you want to be in the map. Staying still is deadly, and so you move. The result is increased player movement, but less player direction. You round every corner without a plan, and you're an easier target therefore. Combine this with a few other tweaks to the game, including but not limited to Reduced weapon magazine size, either by actually reducing the amount of rounds in a clip or reducing the damage per shot to make you spend more ammo. The very slow shield recharge delay, no grenade pickup without a certain perk, and universal sprinting, and you start to feel like a rat in a maze or some other controlled scientific environment. The game is designed so that players find each other fast, fights are resolved quickly, and the winner of the first fight is the loser of his, her, second fight. Respawning players have grenades. Players who have managed a few kills without dying typically do not, leaving them in a weakened position. Often players would respawn with immediate striking distance of the person who just killed them and would get vengeance without much of a fight. I only played the game for a few months after its release, so I cannot speak to any more recent patches or improvements. The information I've listed all combined to make Halo 4's multiplayer design completely scientific and mathematical in my eyes, independent from any need to compare it with other games as other people did at the time. For me, the realisation that the game was precisely tailored to create a certain experience narrowed the possibilities for any experience 343 hadn't allowed. I still had good moments in Halo 4 multiplayer, but eventually it, like the campaign, faded out of novelty. I'd largely forgotten everything about playing the game until recently. Only with focus could I conjure the details included here. Shortly after its release, though, I was playing it nightly and discussing it on forums daily. After fighting thousands of Spartans on the Halo 4 battlefield and discussing it fervently with other players, I left Halo 4 heartsick and emotionally exhausted. The first Halo game was the reason I returned to gaming, the reason I bought an Xbox and in many ways changed my life to that of a gamer. I did poorly in college thanks to Halo 3 and barely regret it. Halo was a significant part of my life, but not Halo 4. I hope 343 keeps some of the things they tried in Halo 4, the positive things I already mentioned but mostly I hope they learn what not to do again. I don't recommend anyone bother with this game. One 
thing particularly stood out to me there, which was uh, his description of the the design of the multiplayer, which echoed what we've been saying about the design of the single player, that it was basically more restricted and constricted yeah. by 343 than Bungie would have allowed. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely... Um, it feeds into what I was saying at the start, that it felt like it was aimed more at the competitive... Um, right shooting shooting market where you know it was going to be a straight out shoot fest mm. whereas in prior games there's been uh at certain levels that are popular because of the verticality or other because of their openness mm. um and and of course the multiplayer also ditched the likes of uh race and rally yeah. mode which which were in mm. reach and forge forge mode also dropped yeah. them so people couldn't create these custom maps that you know uh we laughed about on on the reach yeah. A podcast where you had these cars tumbling towards you and you try and get up there with your friends and, and it just genuinely basically a lot less to play with stuff you know yeah absolutely mm. um and it's kind of alarming that they showed all the halo 5 stuff and, and the forge is brilliant for all that but no mention of a race and rally mm. mode for that kind of creativity again so that, all that stuff put me off whereas you know as i said i got addicted to reach because of the wide variety um in, in how he played multiplayer. I mean, it was, it was a polished shooter as far as multiplayer went, but, yeah, it was certainly of a different design yeah. ethos. Okay, thanks to Dorian for that email. And moving on, we have uh, Robotic Monkey who posted at canerince.com slash forum. Halo 4, where do we start? Right, well, at the end of the previous Halo game we got to play, Halo Reach, Master Chief wasn't even in it, so we spin back to Halo 3. Right at the end, after Master Chief saved everything, he popped himself into a stasis pod right after dropping the badass line, wake me when you need me. <laughs> so he floats through space, and in the meantime, Cortana develops hips, a larger bottom, along with shiny new nudie space shape. Sadly, she has also developed a case of the mentals, because she's only supposed to be on for seven years, and it's been like eight or something. No idea why she can't spool down into hibernate mode or something. I guess the most hyper-intelligent AI didn't think of that one. Anyway, after Halo 3, all the bad dudes got killed. There's no one left to muck things up. So we're all good. But wait, ultimate baddie space yeti is here and he's messing up everyone's junk. So it's time to wake up the chief. Cue six hours of fighting with Cortana going mental and have arguments with herself. It's okay though, you can tell when she's crossed because she goes red instead of blue. Master Chief is all like, hmm, can't see how having a corrupted AI could possibly go wrong. After your six hours of fighting things because of reasons I'm sure were explained somewhere in a book or something, you finally catch up to ultimate space baddie yeti where you have an epic showdown and a tense battle where literally the outcome of the battle will decide if the universe will be safe again. Based against insurmountable odds, the chief persists and battles on to save the day. You conduct this epic and monumental battle by throwing a single grenade which sends ultimate space baddie Yeti from his very safe spot on a magical space bridge into a hole. Cortana is fine, Master Chief is fine, the universe is probably alright too. Master Chief plots a course for home to get Cortana fixed by Dr. Halsey who probably, given the nature of stasis and space travel, has probably died a long time ago. But, ah, well, I'm sure they'll fix that somehow in Halo 5. Roll credits. I can't really pin down what exactly it is about Halo 4 that made me feel so far removed from the other games in the series. For me, it felt like someone had tried to make a really good cake, but all they had to go on was a picture of what the last really good cake looked like. There are so many things that were mildly irritating that ended up leaving me a bitter taste. Leaving me with a bitter taste. The Warthog engine sounds like it's been replaced by a petrol strimmer. 
I remember spending an hour trying to get past the level where you're on a ghost trying to flee while the level crumbles around you. It worked just fine in single player, but with three players, someone was forever being bounced out of the level and falling through the floor. Upon respawning, they would bump somebody else out of the level, making the section virtually impossible to complete. The spaceship flying section felt like it was glued onto the game at the last minute, and again was massively problematic with three or four players. There was the promise of Spartan Ops being a rich addition to the game, but they weren't available on launch, and when they did come out, it was just retreading story missions. The multiplayer weapons were massively unbalanced, and games were often dominated by invisible snipers or the overcharged bolt shot. I also got fed up of forever ending up in Valhalla, as much as I enjoyed that level from previous games, under the new weapon and loadout system it seemed far too easy for one team to dominate. As nice as it was that 343 sorted out for extra players for uh, to join in if members of your team quit out, this often meant playing on your own in multiplayer. You would be thrown into an already running game you have no chance of winning. Let's not even go into the Mountain Dew and Doritos debacle. The game sure did look pretty but ultimately for me the game felt completely hollow and devoid of any of the gameplay experience that I'd got from any of the previous Halo games, which kind of breaks my heart a little. Uh, Kiss Mammal from the forum again. Halo 4 is easily my least favourite of the series and the one I spent the least time on. I'd probably put my apathetic feelings towards the game mostly down to fatigue and my overall waning interest in video games in general, but to me it just lacked a certain something. The only thing that really sticks in my mind about it is the new enemy faction and weapon set they introduced, and while I understand the need to introduce new enemies to keep things fresh, I personally couldn't stand them. I didn't warm to them on a visual level, and from a gameplay perspective I just found them a bit of a tedious slog to fight at time. I also seem to remember that the vast majority of levels were set in or around slightly bland and unmemorable alien installations that lacked the scale, diversity and atmosphere of those previous games. Having said all that, saying that I find Halo 4 to be the weakest entry in the Halo series is basically saying that it's the least excellent of them. So there's still a lot here to enjoy. Electric Crocosaurus says, Halo isn't a series known for great storytelling, so it's perhaps not surprising that my favourite entries in the series are those that have the most linear and self-contained stories. Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 4. Sure, 4 comes with a lot of baggage, but it very quickly becomes a straightforward tale of the Chief going up against a new set of alien nasties. In many ways, 4 dropped the ball, combat was more funnelled and less open to experimentation. Multiplayer was competent, but it had little to set it apart from previous games. Yet the thing that had been missing from the series since the first game for me was the sense of discovery, or crash landing on a crazy alien world and discovering it for yourself. Halo 4 recaptured that magic for me, and combined with the jaw-dropping graphics, I had brilliant fun with the campaign. Nice. Chase 210 also from the forum. Chase210 says, I fell for hype for Halo 4 yet again, as I do with all Halo games, and bought yet another 360 to play Halo 4, and yet again traded it along with the games back in a few weeks later. As for the game, I have mixed feelings about it. I personally enjoy the Halo lore and universe stuff, so the fact that you needed to have a knowledge of what had gone in the books wasn't a problem for me, but I'm not sure I like the fact that the story has gotten to the point the extra knowledge is necessary. I like the base story though, the narrative of the Chief and Cortana was pretty compelling for me. Not sure how I feel about the overall story, like I said maybe a bit too convoluted for its own good. The game looks really nice, I like the art style a lot. As for the gameplay itself, I mostly immensely enjoyed it. The mix of Covenant and Promethean en enemies was pretty good, even if the Promethean enemies aren't quite as awesome to fight as the Covenant. The lack of Flood was great. Honestly, though, it felt a lot less open than previous Halo games, and that, along with stuff like the Sprint, made it feel a lot less Halo than before. 
In Halo 3, for example, when taking down, say, the Scarabs, there are multiple ways to take them down, and it's up to you to decide. And that applies to a lot of the combat there, and the previous Halos. Here, it felt more constrained, though not bad. Overall, good, but not quite up to Bungie standards yet. I'm eagerly awaiting Halo 5. Right, we must conclude. Uh, this is with a friend of the show and Halo compatriot. Of, He's spent uh, all but 200 hours playing Halo with me, so... Yeah, this is uh, John via email. I've had a rocky relationship with the Halo franchise for the longest time. I absolutely love Combat Evolved and always have done. It was the game that made me buy an original Xbox instead of the GameCube I'd previously wanted. Unfortunately, I found Halo 2 to be a huge disappointment thanks to all the usual problems people have with it, disliked as playing the Arbiter, fighting the new enemies, and found the sequel-baiting end to be no less than insulting. Following that debacle, I had no interest in Halo 3 until it actually came out, and then I couldn't bear to be the only person on my Xbox Live friends list not playing it. I found 3 to be good, but didn't get as much as everybody else seemed to at the time. After that, I wasn't really bothered about the Halo games, and never had enough drive to play ODST, Reach, or 4 when they were new. Fast forward to late 2014, and my interest levels were low enough that Tony had to put quite a lot of effort to convincing me to buying the Master Chief Collection. The main reason I caved in and picked it up was because I couldn't say no to playing Combat Evolved yet again and sitting here nearly a year later, having since played through all six main games numerous times, I think I can safely say that the man who was hesitant about buying the Master Chief Collection was wrong, and probably stupid. Playing through the core games back-to-back, -back, along with taking in some of the extended fiction, has really given me a huge appreciation of what Bungie and now 343 have tried to do with the franchise. Seeing it all together like this, as one giant entity rather than the pieces spread out over more than a decade, drives home how ambitious it is and how well it's worked. Tony and I played through Combat Evolved and the updated Halo 2 together, parts of them in good old-fashioned couch co-op, and some of it over live. My thoughts on CE haven't changed much, if at all. For over a decade it's been and still is one of my favourite games for a ton of different reasons, and playing it again in 2014-15 to 15 is still just as fun as ever. Halo 2 is a different matter though. I now have a lot more of an appreciation for its nuances, and part of that is probably the fact that now pushing 30, I'm much more thoughtful and well-reasoned than I was back at 18, 19 when I originally played it. The biggest problem is that despite still being a fantastic game, it really has some huge shoes to fill following on from CE and doesn't always manage to do that. We played Halo 3 with Carl and Darren as well, and my thoughts on that game are also relatively similar to when I first played it back in 2007. I still think that it's a great game, always fun and silly in four-player co-op and still stands up very well, despite being the oldest and technically least impressive of the games on the Master Chief Collection. ODST was a new experience for me, and again, we played it in four-player co-op. I enjoyed it very much, and really enjoyed the veer away from the formula of the previous three games. I love the more sombre tone, the feeling of vulnerability you get playing as an ODST, rather than the godlike Master Chief, and I thought the way they added story behind the destruction of New Mombasa really adds to the lore overall, and makes me look at the Halo 2 story a bit more fondly. Unfortunately, I feel like, although the four-player co-op makes the gameplay great fun, it does diminish from some of the experience you would get from the story and atmosphere, so I'm playing through the 360 version again solo to try to capture those elements. Reach was also a new experience, played in three-player co-op. With Tony and Carl, I found my feelings to be almost the same as what I said about ODST. Both the story and atmosphere are excellent, and like ODST, I'm playing it again solo to drink those aspects in even more. I also completely agree with all of Carl's points on the podcast about Reach being the most complete package of these games. I've spent a large amount of time over the past couple of months messing about with the various different multiplayer modes as well, as Firefight, 
all with or against random players, which is something I haven't done for years, and I've really enjoyed my time with it. As a side note, until a few weeks ago, it must have been about half a decade since I've blocked anybody over Xbox Live because they sent me racist and homophobic text messages or sat at our spawn point and betrayal camp me because I was trying to actually score in Griffball rather than join in whatever weird game of jetpack tag they were trying to play. It was a fun blast from the past to see that rubbish is still going on strong. After having such great experiences with, with both ODST and Reach, I'm disappointed with myself that I didn't give either of these gems a chance back in the day. On to Halo 4, which of all the games on the Master Chief Collection was the one I went into with the lowest expectation. As it turns out, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed most everything about it. This again was played three-player with Tony and Carl, and almost immediately I could see that I wasn't going to be disappointed. The story, which is hugely benefited by finding and watching the terminals throughout the game, is possibly the most well-crafted and fleshed out of any single-game story across the whole franchise. I still don't subscribe to the romance between Master Chief and Cortana, but I love the way the entire history of the Halo universe was shaped with the story about the Forerunners and their dealings with the ancient race of humanity and the Flood. It was nice to have completely new enemies to fight, though they can be a lot of a pain in the arse if you don't know how to deal with them effectively, and I also like the number of new weapons and vehicles. I think that 343 have done a great job continuing the Halo franchise, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to where they take it in the future. Summing up the whole series there. Thanks, John. He's had quite a year of it. Uh, much more brief. Much more brief are the three-word reviews from uh, Twitter, at Kanan Rince. Robotic Monkey says, Halo, Phantom Menace. Uh, Glenn Watts says, Knight's Ruin Game. Eric Johns, not this fight. Mike Dixon, Double D Cortana. Mega Slippers, Slick Weapon Animation. Uh, Death Note, why God, why? Michael Ledward says, still quite fun. BLC Agnew, not quite legendary. Coffee Jesus, made me sob. So briefly, recommend or not, Tony? Um, I thoroughly recommend it. I didn't like it back in 2012. I thought it was uh, a, a game that lacked the magic spark that Brungie brought to the series. Having been back and played it pretty much five times now in the last month, I can say that spark is actually there, but you may actually have to do a little bit digging for it. Um, to sum up my feelings on the series, I love, uh, in, in a running order, Halo Combat Evolved is my favourite, followed by Halo 3, Halo 4, Reach, Halo 2, ODST. There we are. I absolutely love doing this series. The Master Chief Collection is brilliant. I advise anybody that owns a 360 to try it. Or an Xbox One, because that's what you yep. need. Yeah, good point. Um, Yes, thanks, Tony. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Halo 4. I haven't really said uh, up to this point, but I yes, I've played it through just the once. Um, I'm not invested in the lore, but I enjoyed it as a shooter, as a continuation of the Halo series, as a slick current-gen shooter playing it on Xbox One. Um, it ticked a lot of boxes. It was mostly enjoyable. I, we've said a lot about um, the Prometheans perhaps not being quite as fun to fight as other races, but actually once you work out the um, the their weaknesses it's it's not so bad but yes it's a pretty fun space opera ish shooter i, I didn't take a lot away from me uh, a lot away with me from it but yeah definitely play it especially if you've got the master chief collection which is again recommended carl didn't like it when i originally played it in 2012 uh, numerous reasons i didn't feel like it had the openness of a halo game uh, the combat wasn't quite at the standard that i was expecting um and i didn't really take in the story so 
going through it again, I was really interested leading into this podcast. And I, the, for the first time I went through it in the Master Chief Collection was actually in Solo. Um, it allowed me to go at my own pace and discover the stories and the terminals um, as I saw fit. And th that really added a bit of depth to it for me. And uh, in terms of pure story, I believe Halo 4 delivers the best. Um, I, I think it's it, it's certainly the most interesting with all the different story acts that are going on and for anyone who wants to learn more about the halo storyline uh download hunt the truth which is an official microsoft podcast leading into halo 5 and uh give the bastard truth a listen which is a podcast on halo law uh, which is quite fascinating because you see how in-depth it all is in terms of would i recommend it absolutely um i think i think it's a, a brilliant game it entered as my least favorite it's now my second least favorite which sounds really bad but Hey, you know, Halo 2 is still my least favourite of the series, and I love that game, so, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, given that you can get the Master Chief Collection with five Halo games, it's an, it's an absolute no-brainer. I think Halo 4 is, is a terrific game. Um, even though I didn't like it at the time, I thought 343 uh, were the right people. Uh, I believed that it was in the right hands and that they would get it right. Going back to it three years later, and I've got a little bit of a... A, a bit of a love affair going on with Halo 4. I've been playing it constantly. Um, it's got plenty of modes. Um, and it was it was nice to see 343 support a game for 12 months without the need for paid-for expansions to actually, you know, get that story and content to you. Um, yeah, give, give it a go. It, it, I think it's a, it's a bit of a belter. Thank you, Josh. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm going to be the more negative uh, person on this game. Uh, for me, it's it's probably my least favorite uh, apart from two, which makes it sound like my opinion's the same as Carl's. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I just felt Halo was a bit of a personality vacuum. It had you know the mechanics, it had you know the feel down, but it just didn't have the personality that Halo Reach and, and Halo 1 and and even Halo ODST had for me. Uh and, and even Halo 2 and Halo 3. It just it didn't it didn't grab me um the same way. And I don't think the level design is as strong. Um I, I don't think a lot of decisions are as strong as some of the earlier titles. And I think the storytelling, let's put the lore aside for a second, but the actual execution of telling the story was pretty poor um uh, throughout. Um I I can't if you haven't played any of the other Halo games, I can't recommend that you start with halo 4 if you love the lore maybe you'll love halo 4 but for me halo reach is still the game that i would recommend above all of the others thank you josh let's conclude with the man darren gargett hmm. yeah so me in 2012 would have said yeah halo on normal uh solo is a good time uh you know the enemy the new enemies didn't really gel with me but that didn't stop me from enjoying it from start to finish you know even the ending I, it was a letdown, but I've seen worse games. You know, I've seen better games have a worse ending. Uh, Uncharted 2, for example. So, you know, um, yeah, I like Halo 4 then. Uh, did I enjoy playing it on Legendary and split-screen co-op? Not so much. I don't think the game's really suited for Legendary two-player split-screen co-op. And for me, uh, the hallmark of a great Halo game is, well, Reach is, and, the, and the first one, is that you can play it on your own in Legendary and have a really good battle and feel like you come out the other side just just scraping through thinking you know i really worked to get that but with halo 4 i struggled even in co-op to get to the end and uh and, and enjoy it basically 
But I've, I've finished Reach on my own in Legendary, and I've, that, that's one of the best achievements I've ever got. And you know, the, the truest word of achievement is that one there. And I couldn't do that Halo 4, and I thought, oh, this game's not really up to scratch for the rest of the series. But it's still worth playing, and if you're if you're this far into the series, then you can't not play the fourth one or, you know, the fifth or sixth one because you're kind of invested. Uh, but if you haven't played any of them at all, you could probably pick up the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One for, uh, you know, X amount of pounds. And you don't have to play four, but if you're going to play for all of them, then you you will. Um, yeah, it's a good game. It's just not the best game. Cheers. All right, that's the Halo series wrapped up at least for a good long while. Uh, Guardians will be upon us but of course we won't talk about it for ages mm-hmm. uh, so there you have it just remains for me Leon to thank Darren, Josh, Carl and Tony and to tell you that next time in issue 198 we are the new and tasty inhabitants of Oddworld Oddworld